Jeff Miller, Tyler Aki, hanging out with you here on the Friday before New Year's Eve. In for Waddle and Sylvie today. Talking a little bit of Bears, as we do quite often here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. You can also watch us on Twitch, as always, and every day, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. All right, so some news came down yesterday. We got word that Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren has interviewed not just via Zoom, but also he's been amongst some of the candidates who has interviewed in person with the Chicago Bears for the team president title. And, of course, that would be a move to replace retiring Ted Phillips, who currently holds that position with the team. And that would, of course, put him at least, I would imagine, on the flow chart above Ryan Poles. Yes. Now, that is interesting because, of course, Ryan Poles was hired last year. And always, you know, we'll see. Kevin Warren has not just been the Big Ten commissioner for the past few seasons, but he has also held a role in NFL organizations, namely with the Minnesota Vikings for over 15 years with the Vikings, where he was a significant contributor in helping the Vikings when he was their COO as uh, helping them to basically figure out their new building. And I think a lot of people have identified U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota as what the Bears should be striving to do when they inevitably, we assume, relocate to Arlington Heights, of course. That deal's not done yet, but the Bears have the deal in place if they can figure it out for the 326 acres of land in Arlington Heights. So seeing as how Kevin Warren has overseen a similar project in Minnesota, and it is, I think, roundly um, applauded for what they were able to do there in you know the achievement with the U.S. Bank Stadium. So it makes sense that he would be somebody the Bears would be looking at and has received multiple interviews. He's also, I think, over, you know, he's overseen, Tyler, the addition of UCLA and USC to the Big Ten, which are critical feathers in his cap as well. Now, they'll come into play next season when they're added to the Big Ten and they move to a 16-team conference. What were your initial thoughts when you heard that Kevin Warren is amongst people who has interviewed in person for the Bears team president job. I was surprised. I think it's a a perfect fit when you talk about the big projects that he would be in charge of of overseeing Mm -hmm. when you look at the stadium and and some other things that I'm sure will come down the pipeline with the Bears. But remember the name that was early on, like when we got the news that Ted Phillips was stepping down, we thought we were maybe getting another Phillips in here, and that was Jim Phillips, mm. the the ACC commissioner currently, and then obviously he was the AD at Northwestern before that. Um, but Kevin Warren really has hit a home run, it feels like, everywhere he's gone. He's been an agent, he's been uh, an, an NFL agent, he's been a um, in the business side for a lot of other organizations in football too, with the Vikings and the Rams. Um, and then he's overseen the most profitable conference in all of college sports with the Big Ten. And I look at what he's done, the projects that he's undertaken, whether it was stadiums um, in the Big Ten. It was making sure football got up and running in uh, during the COVID season. That was his first thing he was sort of thrust into, his first big challenge there. Um, and then on top of that, adding UCLA and USC. It seems like he's had a knack to nail the big project so far. However, remember the one thing is 
Everything around this Bears franchise right now centers around Justin Fields. And remember, the fight to get football back on the field in the Big Ten was being waged by Justin Fields and his father, Pablo, Mm -hmm. against Kevin Warren. So that's why that intricacy there was kind of puzzling to me. Is is this the guy that Justin Fields would want being brought in to be the president of the Chicago Bears right now? I don't know what those relationships are like now, but at at one time it seemed like they were pretty frosty. No, it's a fair point. Um, I look at it and say, like I said, the fact that he was able to help the Vikings secure their issues with their, you know, get through them and, and basically build one, you know, a a stadium that is first class when you look around the league. Again, it's it's not uh, it's not a retractable, mm-hmm. you know, but you look at the similarities between Minnesota and here in Chicago, and it doesn't sound like the Bears are interested in, in a retractable stadium either. So there's a lot of things where you could say he could draw on his own own experience where they were able to. And I think that's no doubt, undoubtedly, the the biggest problem or you know project that the Bears team president will be working on when they are hired. You know, yes. over the next decade you would mm-hmm. say or, or close to it will be dealing with the new stadium you know that we ex- anticipate will be built up in Arlington Heights again we all I think have come if you've been watching and reading and seeing the relationship between the Bears and the city it it's only a matter of time and so yes, we get the official time bomb word right that they will be moving to Arlington Heights but it just makes sense for the team in terms of you know wanting to be you know, find more avenues where they can, you know, have a, a lucrative little paradise, as Waddle mm-hmm. coined it, surrounding the stadium. It makes sense that it would be in Arlington Heights. Kevin Warren, though, I wonder now, it doesn't mean that this is the guy that will end up getting the job. He's only the first public name that yeah. is, that's out there. And it sounds like there have been other interviews that have taken place. We just haven't gotten word or confirmation from what the, you know, what, which names those are. You pointed out Jim Phillips very likely could be someone like Jim Phillips also yeah. is in the mix. And the Bears have said that they there was no there's no timeline for when they will pick Ted Phillips' successor. So and there's they're in no rush. You know, Ted Phillips is going to be around through the remainder of the season. They don't need to make a decision, you know, within any time before the season wraps up by any means. I do wonder though, if you bring whoever you bring in, right? Mm-hmm. For me, the question is, and the Justin Fields situation is interesting with Kevin Warren, overseeing the Ryan Poles, right? Yeah. The one thing about being a general manager in football is where are you at in the pecking order when it comes to making decisions, right? And right now, Ryan Poles, we, we, George McCaskey told us when he introduced Ryan Poles, he answers to George, mm-hmm. right? That's who Ryan Poles reports to. Now... If Kevin Warren or so, you know somebody else inevitably is brought in as team president, will Ryan Poles need to report to that person? And Kevin Warren, somebody who has worked in other front offices, it's, it becomes interesting because when power struggles and the dynamic plays out about, you know, you saw it like, for instance, in Tennessee this year when John Robinson was yeah. fired in the middle of the season, right? And when you have a, you know, I think I have no doubt right now that Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles are simpatico, right? This is the first year working yeah. together. They were, you know, Ryan Poles hired Matt Eberflus, and Eberflus has stewarded this season along. And we haven't been overly critical because it's hard to judge Matt Eberflus right now. I think all we're looking at is, hey, Justin Fields, it looks like he, you have an answer yeah. at the quarterback position. Everything else around it, I think most Bears fans are giving 
them the benefit of the doubt and kind of saying, I'm not going to make any snap judgments until I see what goes on next year. Would you agree? Yeah. I think most Bears think fans are looking at it that way. It's that, and I think the other thing is how can you hold a locker room together? We haven't seen any malcontents. I guess we saw it early in the season with Roquan Smith and with Tevin Jenkins, but the Tevin Jenkins situation seems like it's been smoothed over. Absolutely. And the, the Roquan Smith situation, well, he's no longer a part of the picture anymore, so it doesn't really matter. So those are, yeah, I would say the development of Justin Fields and then how are you holding a locker room together? And let's be honest, like this team's playing with teams that they quite frankly shouldn't stand a chance against either. Whether it was Philadelphia, you hung with Buffalo for the three quarters of that game. The fact that they've been in this game, in those games, I think speaks a lot to the coaching staff too. And maybe some Bears fans, as you entered the season, had higher hopes for the team. Yeah. But I think it quickly became apparent that they were lacking talent. And it was... It also, if you really watched the roster moves, right, you saw, okay, they are not enamored with what they have. They're basically using this year as a chance to reboot. They wanted to make sure that they got their cap in order. We know it's been well documented. They're going to have the most money by far when it comes to free agency. So they're going to have a chance to rework this roster in the image that they want and all the players that they want to bring in. And so next season, it'll be much easier to be more critical of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. But I'll be when they bring in the team president. Now we'll have more, we'll have more of a of a, of a resume of both Poles and Eberflus after this next season goes on, and then it becomes interesting. Like, will somebody like Kevin Warren want to have a little more of you know? Will they want to be in the kitchen? Will they want to mm-hmm. you know? Will they want to help buy the groceries and be more responsible for roster construction? Somebody like Kevin Warren, I think it's possible. He wants yeah. to have a bigger say and a bigger voice. Now, not every person who would be brought in as team president would necessarily be like that. But it's, you know, I think Kevin Warren is somebody who might because he has had, you know, he has had experience in other NFL organizations. He, if he, if he lands the team president job, he might want to have a little bit more say in what's going on in the day-to-day activity of the roster. I think about it too, like, the commissioner of the Big Ten is a much bigger responsibility than president of the Chicago Bears. And so, like, Kevin Warren doesn't need this job. He's got a great job already. And would but he- it's also the question is, is it less of a headache, right? That is true. Because yeah. when, you're the big, when you're the commissioner of a Big Ten conf- of, of any college mm-hmm. conference, right, and you're overseeing it, the reality is you're dealing with what right now 14 and, and we're going to be 16 two, yeah. you know two high profiles too absolutely and so while you have the title of commissioner the reality is you have to work in conjunction with several other you know mm. presidents or athletic directors yep. and sometimes it's harder to try and make things work for every college right, right. so you wonder is this a situation too where Kevin Warren's looking at an opportunity to get out where the getting's good, right? Like mm-hmm. you can say, okay, well, I've done a lot and what I could achieve in the Big Ten Conference, yeah. UCLA, two years. and USC yeah. come in, and now it's easier to get out before things go awry, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, that's on, you know, if, if you have more to deal with, a bigger headache, if you yeah. will. Yeah. So you wonder if this is him saying, this is the perfect opportunity to cash in my chips and, you know, step out. And while everybody looks at me, and for the most part, I think a resounding success, his tenure in the Big Ten, aside from what you mentioned, the, you know, the COVID year, which I'm, it's, it's, it's tough hard. to judge that. Yeah, it's and an impossible situation. And it's his right? first big test as a commissioner. 
that he had, he was faced with, and he he had that issue to deal with, and then. Oh, how are we going to maneuver? Because, like, remember, Ohio State had to miss a game, too. How are we going to maneuver with... Because they want Ohio State to be competing in that playoff. No doubt. And they had to sort of finagle the rules to make sure Ohio State could get in. Well, and because they weren't working exactly, like, it was obviously a completely polarized situation and you had some conferences like the SEC that were hell-bent on playing every game possible, right? And so it was an impossible situation to deal with, and I think he got caught where he was trying to i think look at it with very little information and still walk you know a tightrope and it was yes. again an impossible situation made worse by the fact that some conferences were saying no 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 we're just going to play football we don't give a damn yeah. we'll figure the rest out later and so it made it put him in a position where he had to constantly defend against trying to protect the health of student athletes right, right. and it was almost an unwinnable situation. So I don't fault him for the way that played out. And actually, I think if you look back at, at it, I think they actually found a way to thread the needle mm-hmm. and, and actually get through the season, right? And that ultimately, that was the biggest issue was, can you get through it healthy and actually right. have your team competing in, in, in the, uh, the, the college football playoff? Now, th- th- again, the situation would be totally different if, let's say, Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones or Trey Lance were the Bears quarterback right now, but it just so happens that it is the great coincidence that it is Justin Fields, the guy who was going head-to-head with Kevin Warren and Justin Fields' father. Mm -hmm. And this is the most important person within your organization right now that you have to protect and you have to make sure they're happy because we are in the era of player empowerment. And if there is any sort of malcontent between Justin Fields and and Kevin Warren or Justin Fields' family and mm-hmm. Kevin Warren right now, then he cannot be your team president. He just can't. Yeah. Um, I do feel like when you when you see, okay, Warren, what he did in the Big Ten, again, I think no, but nobody will say there's not too much to knock him for. Um, my takeaway is, after hearing the story come out yesterday, okay, this is, at the very least, I'm glad to hear it's a name from outside of the organization. Yes. More than anything else, because I do think the Bears, we could definitely, what we've learned in George McCaskey's tenure, the 12 seasons that he's been head of the Bears, which have been, you know, when you look at all I can judge George McCaskey, I know he's not solely responsible because he's hired people to do the job, but the reality is the Bears win-loss record that George, during George McCaskey's tenure has been abysmal. They're almost, they're not quite, but they're almost 40 games below 500 during his time as the uh, overseer of everything Bears. Um, They've got only two playoff appearances during that time, both losses. And I would submit to you that one of them occurring during the COVID season when the Bears made it and never really were competitive against the Saints. You know, so your two playoff experiences are, you know, bad memories for Bears fans. So. George McCaskey's tenure has not been very productive for in term, when it comes to wins. And then look at it. Okay, well, it would probably be good to get a new voice and a fresh set of eyes into this organization. So I know they've had some internal candidates that have been rumored as potential replacements for Ted Phillips. I do hope whoever ends up being hired for this gig as team president, I hope it's somebody from the outside because I do think they would benefit greatly from a new voice in the room. And th- that's what they did with the, the general manager. 
Uh, it's what they did with, with the head coach, too. It wasn't kind of looking with guys that maybe had some ties here or there or any sort of connection to the Chicago Bears franchise. And I think that's a good thing. You're starting to see. it was. A, but again, it could be one of those situations where we look at the Bulls, right? The, the hiring of AK and Mark Eversley. Everyone was all in. Reinsdorf and, and family went out of the, the organization and found someone that that seemed like it was an up-and-coming bright mind in the sport. Went for, for a guy who used to be an agent, worked at Nike, uh, a guy with uh, great international experience and recruiting international players with AK. Um, and now, is it going to be one of those things where, all right, Kevin Warren, is he just not Jim Phillips? Or is he just not Ted Phillips, mm-hmm. right? Or is he actually... Uh, someone who can steer the ship. I would say this is more towards a, a steer the ship hire, and I think he can actually do a good job with it because he's had the track record of doing the things that are especially pertinent to what your organization is going to be dealing with over the next five to seven years, and that's building a stadium. Yes, Hopefully that's going to be what ultimately occupies most of Kevin Warren's time. No, no, there's no doubt about it. You mentioned Justin Fields. Justin Fields met the media the other day. He was asked specifically, so what does success look like at the end of the season to you? This was his response. Um, Just improvement in the things that we need to work on Um, and really just, you know, playing mistake-free ball and finishing in, you know, certain situations, you know, two-minute, you know, executing in the goal zone. And, uh, you know, Coach talked to today about sudden change when the defense might get a takeaway you know the offense has to get on the field and score seven so um you know just 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 small situations like that it does sound like they've broken down some of their success and how they're going to gauge it to situational things occurring in the game because you ha- i think you have to build on something right and you want to look at some of the positives and so the fact that right now they've lost eight in a row the, they're They've been eliminated from playoff contention, so you need to find some things that you can look at as positives, and Justin Fields laid out what the coaches have told him are important at this stage of the game. Luke Getze met the media yesterday, and he he discussed the progression of the Bears' passing game to this point so far this year. We'd love to sit here and say that we can run for 200 and throw for 300 every game, and I know that that's just not realistic in this this league, but um, I I feel like the progression has been really good. I think the, the pass pro has gotten better as the year has gone along. Um, I thought, you know, Justin's done a, a, a really nice job of uh, seeing the field, making protection adjustments. So the, the, the global aspect or global outlook of the passing game, I think, has just done a really nice job of progressing as we've gone through this. And, and it's, it's like anything. When you, when you get into the true relationship of quarterback-receiver, I think the, you know, the one point being made, it is, it is difficult on the quarterback when, it, when that – person changes and you don't you lose that rep so you saw a natural growth with Mooney as, it, as the year went on and you saw EQ the natural growth EQ had as the year went along so you know that 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 slows that growth a little bit that relationship you know that you have with your receivers that, that that's probably probably as big of anything as far as why you know the production that Mooney started to have and EQ started to have and even Chase started to find in in the office and Cole, the you know the, the production that he's had that that that's that relationship growth and experience and all the reps that you get together. Can that, you can you decode that for me a little bit? Was there something well, in there that stood out to you? Because yeah. it, I felt like he went into a different direction and didn't completely lay out uh, the, the. I don't know if, if there was a whole lot of substance in that answer, which is a little bit surprising because I usually feel like Getsy gives us a lot of substance. Yeah. I felt like there, though, he kind of got into a position where he was kind of just rambling yeah. off some accomplishments that didn't necessarily 
lead to much. I mean, at the end, it sound, kind of sounded like the uh, the Belichick seven-minute soliloquy that we got where he's just, all right, everyone in that receiver room, everyone who's caught a pass this year, I'm going to say something about you. Um, but, I mean, no, I, I don't know if I would agree with the, the stuff he said about Claypool and how he's sort of finding a rhythm with this offense. We haven't seen it with Chase Claypool. He's missed the last couple of weeks, too. And, and prior to that, when he was on the field, I don't know if I really would yeah, you know, like, agree that what we saw was him looking like he was in rhythm with Right. With uh, Fields. I mean, you think about his, what, two or three biggest plays that Chase Claypool has had this year. You can't really think of a catch, per se. It's more pass interferences. And and I get one of them was that Jets play where he drew the pass interference but also made the catch on top of it, too. I just, I haven't seen it with Chase Claypool yet. And, And he's the most important offensive piece that I want to see the rest of the way, like, I know, like, Justin Fields is on the offense, right? But we've seen such a monster leap from Justin Fields this season where it's like, all right, my eye's starting to move to some other guys on the offense now. I've mm-hmm. seen what I need to see out of him, and I think that naturally things will just get better when you improve the offensive line, when you improve the pass catchers around him. So I've seen what I need to see. I think his throwing will will take a step with the offensive weapons taking a step as well. Now I want to see what Chase Claypool has because he's the most important bear I'm watching the rest of the year, and that's why I hope he does play this weekend against the Lions. He's Tyler Aki. I'm Jeff Meller in for Waddle and Sylvie. Up next, like it, love it, just a taste of it. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. ESPN 1000 and now on FM at 100.3 HD2. This is Chicago's home for sports. Just a little taste of it. Every week at this time on Waddle and Sylvie, we give you our best plays of the weekend and what we're looking at. And I have to tell you folks out there, I feel like I have played the role of the Denver Broncos and Nathaniel Hackard. It's been an absolute disaster for me this season and like it, love it, just a taste of it. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Tyler Aki as we sit in for Waddle and Sylvie. You did make a nice little leap last week. You got five of six points Look last week, my friend, with the Chargers covering, with the Bengals covering, both of those with ease. Late. Actually, the Bengals weren't with ease at the end because you got that fumble they, inside the 10. Truth be told, they let that game go haywire because yeah. they really had it in hand very early on in the first half and then somehow some way they allowed the Patriots to sneak back into that one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Like It Love It is brought to you by Keeper's Heart Irish and American Whiskey. Here's what the standings look like right now. Waddle is in the lead. He's got 43, a one-point lead on Sylvie's 42. I'm at 35. Chasen and you're behind me at 30. Uh, so you are you are Again. 13 back of the lead here, but you did pick up a point on everyone last week and two on me. So Rough. Let's get to it. Sylvie has sent his picks in. Waddle has not sent his picks Uh-oh. in. Uh-oh, the leader in the house. So he will be at the mercy of Charlie Bevins this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Charlie playing the role of uh, Waddle's fill-in and the Kool-Aid man today. We do appreciate that. All right, so that means that Charlie, since Waddle is in first place... And it doesn't look like we've got any late-minute uh, picks coming in. So you're going to have to take honors here and lead us off. Yeah, I'm going to take LSU minus 14.5 in the Citrus Bowl. Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell will not be in this game. Uh, Purdue has seen some good players in the Big Ten. They haven't seen anything like Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins is one of the best pass rushers in college football. 
They're not going to know what to do with him. LSU doesn't have Kayshawn Butte. That's fine with me. I honestly think Malik Neighbors is their best receiver anyway. Give me LSU. All right. right. Well, in-depth Citrus Bowl action there. Like Love it. it. Kendra, you will be playing the role of Sylvie today. He has sent in his picks. And what does Sylvie like? Sylvie likes the Bengals, who are at home against the Bills. Monday Night Football, that game is the best game of the weekend, undeniably. The Bengals, I believe, are getting that one and a half, right? I believe I saw two. It is, oh, um, has it moved? Okay. No, no, no. Uh, no, you're, you're correct on the line there. But I believe, I believe I saw this is the most combined wins for a Monday Night Football matchup ever. Now, yeah. part of that is this is week 17. Correct. But also, these are two juggernaut teams right now at the end of the season. A lot at stake as well because... Both teams could theoretically win the AFC and get the bye. Now, if the Bills are currently, the Bills currently sit atop the AFC. So they win out and they clinch the bye because, of course, they won a head to head game against the Chiefs. However, because the Bills are 12 and 3 and the Bengals are 11 and 4, and oh, by the way, the Bengals have already beaten the Chiefs, if the Bengals can beat the Bills and then win out and just have the Chiefs lose, one game, then the Bengals would actually win the AFC outright. So both teams have a chance to win the AFC and win that crucial bye, which remember has been reduced to just one team getting a bye in both conferences. So this is a lot at stake. And as you mentioned, the most wins combined between two teams going head to head on a Monday night football because it is late in the year. So really a lot, a lot at stake in this one. Yeah. All right, Tyler, uh, where are you going for, for your like? My like, I'm going to go with the under in the Denver Broncos, Kansas city game. It's currently sitting at 45 points. Denver has gone under Seemingly every single week this year, I believe it, it is like 13 of the, what are, this is week 16, so it's like 17. Week 17, but 16, they've played 16 Correct. games, I believe, or 15 games. Um, they've gone under in like 12 or 13 games this year. It's been like an immaculate under season for them. Um, so, and honestly, like who knows what's going to happen with, with Denver at, at quarterback too. Like we see Russ, we see Ripian, who knows what, how that whole thing is going to shake out. And, uh, Kansas City, like, they may have to score 45 on their own in this game. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against this Denver defense. So give me the under 45 between those two AFC West teams. For my like, I'm going to keep it local here. The Bears, as we know, are visiting the Lions. And I've already talked about how I think the Bears are in position to go ahead and end this eight-game losing streak. I think the Lions have shown an inconsistency week in and week out. And the one thing the Lions are very susceptible to on defense is the run game. They struggle to stop the run. What do we know about the Bears? Guess what? Their strength is running the football. We saw Justin Fields have a couple of long runs against the Lions the first time they played in Soldier Field when they had to deal with the elements. Well, now they will be playing in a very warm dome so i think this plays to the bears strength getting six points i like the bears this sunday all right oh we have we do have some uh some breaking picks from tom Waddle. Oh, they've charlie. just come in all right you know what here's what we're gonna do charlie since charlie has already done the uh, good deed of stepping up for waddle charlie's gonna still give you his picks because he's obviously yes. given you a lot of good information but we will also relay 
Waddle's I'll, picks. I'll give out Waddle's, Waddle's actual picks. All right. But, all right. All right. He got him in ju- literally just I in the nick of time. I just got him. 434. They just came all in. All right. So all what, right. Is, what does Waddle like? Waddle likes the Bears getting plus, getting the, the six points. Just, just like just, you. He's just listening to the show. Is that what he's doing? And he's copying me? <laughs> all right. Waddle, good pick by Waddle there. We'll see if it plays out. All right. We move on to our love. And why don't we give Waddle's love, Waddle's and then we'll give Charlie. We'll let Charlie give his love out as well. All right. So Waddle loves the New York Giants giving five and a half points this weekend. Uh, who are they playing? I, I just had it up. Here. Indianapolis. So, Indianapolis. Yes. yes. Oh, that is a train wreck. And <laughs> Giants are at home this week too, I believe. Right? They are, yes, they are. They are, and they haven't clinched a playoff spot, so they definitely need to take advantage of this game because I believe the Giants also have the Eagles in Week 18. So they really want to go ahead and secure a playoff berth this week at home against the Colts rather than leave it to chance against the Eagles uh, in the final week. So they are definitely going to be motivated. All right. Charlie, Charlie yeah, give us wa- your love. Waddle might as well as not even texted us because I was also going to say the Giants minus five and a half against the Colts. How about this then? Let's go under the, the Colts team total under 16 and a half points. Oh, I like that. Do you? All right. That's a low total. It's a low, it's a low total, total, but, but the Colts also, uh, are a disaster. And we do know Nick Foles is going to be leading the charge yet again for the Colts. Not necessarily sure why. You would think you'd want to just give give the reins back over to Matt Ryan. I would at this point mm-hmm. if you're not going to play Sam Ellinger. But I don't know. Nick Foles lives to fight yeah. another day. <laughs> All right, uh, Sylvie is on deck or up now. Kendra, right. who yeah, go ahead. Sylvie loves the Eagles at home versus the Saints, and and they have Philly, I believe, at a minus uh, five and a half as well. That is what I have, and they, of course, we have just noted. It looks like they will be getting Gardner Minshew. So Sylvie yes. loves himself some Gardner Minshew. He's always been a big fan of the mustache. No surprise there, Sylvie. Uh, Going to go fly. Eagles fly on his love today. All right. I For my love, I am going to go to the semifinal of the college football playoff. And I'm going to take the under between Ohio State and Georgia. Currently sitting at 62.5. Georgia's a team that can really shut down some of these top-tier offenses, especially when given this much time to prepare as uh-huh. well. Um, and they're not the greatest offensive team either. They're better than they were last year offensively. But I do think that Ohio State does possess some some defensive talent that can cause some struggles, especially in the run game, too, for, for Georgia. So give me the under 62 and a half. For my love, Tyler, I'm going to stay in that game, but I'm going to go ahead and give me the dogs. Give me, give me Hoodie's dogs. I know Georgia, the defending national champion, uh, laying six here in this one. I think they are going to overwhelm Ohio State, who I think is fortunate just to be here. And I do believe you can look back at the precedent that has been set in semifinals quite often you see yourself the best team overwhelming the four seed i think that streak continues tomorrow when georgia takes on ohio state go ahead lay the six points i love the dogs tomorrow i think that would be a smart thing for for like it love it take both of the favorites and I, I didn't think of this before until now when you just gave out the georgia pick but if you take both of the favorites you're probably going to hit on at least one of them so that's a nice little way to pick up some points there. Um, All right, moving on, to, on the to the taste. Just a taste. All right, Tom Waddle coming in under the wire. What is his taste for? Like it, love it. Just Waddle is going to go inside the NFC North and take the Packers as three-point favorites this weekend against the Vikings at home. All right, Charlie. 
What do you got? Yeah, how about this? Brock Bowers over a half touchdown. All he has to do is score a touchdown. Anytime touchdown. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> plus 100. I'm going to go with that one. Brock right. Bowers, best tight right. end in the country. All right, we will allow it. All yeah. right. Uh, what does uh, Sylvie have for his taste, Kendra? Sylvie, for just a little taste, likes the Bears against the Lions. Bears are at Lions. Yes, getting six points. I have already thrown that out as my like, so I like that pick. Well, I, for my taste, I'm not going to take the Bears plus the six, but I will go into that game. And I'm going to take Justin Fields to score an anytime touchdown. He is currently minus 105 to do so. So give me Fields. He had uh, two against them last time. He had the big run, and then he had the the powerful run at the goal line where he ran around. It felt like for as many yards as that long run yeah. to get there. Um, so and, give me Justin Fields. Anytime score. In some ways, that was a more impressive run. Remember, I think he, so, too. He shoved uh, who, who, which uh, Detroit Lions defender um, got the worst end of it. I can't remember. I'll, I'll uh, look it up. But. The one thing I'll say is I'm a little concerned about that pick for you, Tyler, because I do wonder if Luke Getze and the Bears have had a conversation now at this point in the year. It's one thing if he's scrambling and he's taking off and he's running for I, I do wonder if it's going to have to come on a long touchdown right. run because I'm not sure they're going to expose him to as much risk near the goal line as they were willing to do earlier in the year. At least I hope they're playing it a little bit more safer to the vest yeah. on this one with his health. Um, because I don't want him to go into the offseason with any type of injury. My taste, how about this? I see what Tom Waddle's put, picking up and putting down between the Vikings and the Packers, and you know what? I'm going to go the other way. I like the Vikings getting three points against the Packers. I think he's fallen for the old okey-doke. I think there's a reason why the Vikings are 12-3 and three at this point, and, I, and the Packers are 7-8. and eight. I am not buying into what the Packers have done the last couple of weeks against inferior opponents. I'm not buying it. I think that the Vikings are going to go ahead and at least with getting three points, I'll go ahead and taste them this week for my final pick on like it, love it, just a taste of it. I think with the Vikings this season, listen, I'm not in the camp that thinks there's some elite Super Bowl Caliber are you calling team. it a fluke? Are you call, not, are you are you going to be the show's Jair Alexander and call it a fluke? I do think the disrespect has gotten out of hand with the Vikings. Like you still have every time you step on the field, one of the best players, one of the best game breakers in the entire sport with Justin Jefferson. You know, there's something that ran through my head as a possibility of things we could do on this show. And based on what you just said on the Vikings, maybe we'll do it in the five o'clock hour. We'll uh, you and I can bat it around and discuss if we want to do it. Uh, I'll tell you what it is in the break. And if we, I promise you, if we don't do it on today's show, we will definitely do it uh, next week when Waddle is back. So it's something I want to uh, throw around an idea I had. That is like it, love it. Just a taste of it, as always, brought to you by our fine friends at Keeper's Heart Irish American Whiskey. All right. Uh, And you have, we also did the wins draft at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. And I know that I have been curious because some of my teams have finally figured things out. And I think I have a shot to walk down Sylvie, just like Waddle has walked down Sylvie and like it, love it, just a taste of it. I think I have a chance to finally... Do what is rightfully what is what is rightfully mine. I clearly drafted the best teams, and I think I have earned this win. But the teams need to go out and fulfill my prophecy. What is our wins total draft? How does it look? The standings. So you are correct. Your teams have caught fire in the last three weeks. You are sixteen and six, if my uh, uh, rough math is correct here, or, or no, seventeen and six. Yeah. Um, over the last three weeks, there. You are just one win back of Sylvie. I believe Sylvie was once up double digits in this wins pool 
not too long ago. Yeah, he was he was routing us. Yes. Uh, uh, so Sylvie's got 64 wins. You're at 63 wins right now. Waddle's in third with 56, and then I'm in last with 55. All right. But obviously, if you ain't first, you're last. So yes. it doesn't matter how you guys mm-hmm. concluded all that we. So Sylvie has on his uh, his his wins team. He has which teams? He has Baltimore, Kansas City, Denver, Minnesota, New England, Arizona, the Jets, and the Giants. So he 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 really cleaned up with those New York teams for the first what is that like seven weeks of the season? But since then they've only mustered up four wins. He ha- he absolutely did, and uh, Denver obviously has been a train wreck for him. Yes, they don't look like they're going to be in good shape the rest of the way. I will say I have the Eagles uh, who dealing with the Hertz injury. Uh, the, I need them to come through the last couple weeks if possible. I've been saddled with the Texans and Bears. Um, because they were my last two picks, and clearly I, I was fortunate that I had the first overall pick. Yeah. The problem is, you and I, it's, this is the first time we've done a wins draft. What I was, I was ecstatic about the possibility of landing that number one pick. It was awesome. It was easy to take the bills. Mm-hmm. And the problem was you don't think about it on the back end. That also right. leaves you with the last pick, yes. which has been the Texans. So I've had one of the best teams in the league in the bills. But well, I've you had have also- the two one seats. Right now, well, you've yeah, got no. the Bills and the Eagles. What, what was really a, a benefit is that the Eagles fell to my second pick, and they've mm-hmm. been excellent. And they're probably the only reason that I've been able to survive the debacle that's been the Texans, who yeah. have two wins all year. So we'll see if I'm able to go ahead and close the gap finally. It's been uh, good. The problem for me, I think, Tyler, as I see it, is the benching of Derek Carr yeah, by, by Josh probably... McDaniels. I think that's going to render the Raiders winless over the next couple weeks here. And I'm going to have to find a way to try and uh, overcome Sylvie here. I know the entire Waddle and Sylvie audience is rooting for me here. So <laughs> I'm going to try and do my best, folks. We'll see how, if I can conclude on a strong note. 312-332-3776. Up next, what to watch for. We'll fill you in on ESPN 1000. What's up, friendos? Jeff Meller here with your Caesars Sportsbook Report. Caesars has tons of promos every day, but your very first bet with the Caesars Sportsbook app is on Caesars up to $1,250. Sign up using the promo code RADIOFULL, that's Radio F-U-L-L, and then place your first bet. If you win, that money is all yours. If not, you'll get your stake back as a free bet. All right, what am I looking at? You know it. The Georgia Bulldogs defending the Natty. Six-point favorites against OSU tomorrow? Yep. Georgia Bulldogs sick them. Woof, woof, woof. That D is too much, and I think it overwhelms OSU. Of course, just look at the history of the semifinals. It's littered with lots and lots of blowouts. I think Georgia is your play. Go ahead and lay those six. Download the Caesars app today, and don't forget to use that promo code RADIOFULL when you do. Open new users in Illinois who are 21 or older. If qualifying bet loses, bet amount returned as a credit. Must use within 14 days. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Chicago's home for sports is on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Sports. Waddle and Sylvie get you set for your weekend viewing with What to Watch For. What to Watch For is brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza. This is the portion of the show every week on Fridays when we let you know what we're watching for, what you need to check out 
on your television provider or your streaming service. And also what sports we may be checking out this week. Jeff Meller and Tyler Aki in for Waddle and Sylvie today, which means that Charlie Bevins and Kendra Smith are in for us on the other side of the glass. So we'll go around the room and let you know what we're watching for this weekend. Tyler, kick us off. All right. So you may have seen it if you were watching a little bit of Thursday Night Football last night. It was being previewed because there's a new season, I believe it is, of Coach Prime. And it's the the inside documentary series that's following around Deion Sanders. And I think this season is going to be particularly interesting because mm-hmm. of everything that happened with uh, Deion Sanders making the move out to, to Colorado, too. And apparently there's some stuff in there as well about a verbal dust up with Nick Saban over NIL money and all that stuff, too. So I will be checking that out. That's on Amazon Prime. Excellent. Uh, for my what to watch for this weekend, I'll give you a one sporting event and then one movie that I just caught yesterday. All right. So, of course, everybody's going to be watching, I assume, the semifinals. Or or will they? Maybe that's a discussion we'll have in the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah. Will, you, will you just have them on as background noise? That's happening tomorrow on New Year's Eve. But the game I'm most interested in this weekend, we mentioned it, the competition between Cincinnati and Buffalo, as we talked about, for what could be AFC supremacy, a lot on the line on Monday Night Football. Cannot wait to check out that one. And then I just watched it the other day. Ingrid Goes West, currently available on HBO Max if you want to stream it tonight. It's a movie or TV show? It's a movie um, starring Aubrey Plaza and I think it, I think it got caught into my rotation and became I became aware of it because you know things recommended for you and I think because of White, White Lotus, Lotus yeah. of course I just uh-huh. capped it off I, I I stumbled upon it I watched the trailer I was intrigued it is about Aubrey Plaza plays a character named Ingrid who is dealing with some uh, mental stability issues let's just put it that way but she's also living. In a life, in a world where we're just glued to our phones and observing everybody else's life and how great it is. And it follows her as she heads to California to befriend someone she started following on Instagram. It is a very interesting and I will say uncomfortable watch at times. But you know something is good when you're like cringing and saying to yourself, do I need to pause this? Can I go forward? You know they've tapped into something, and there were definitely several moments throughout the film when I was like, oh my god, I, I gotta stop this. It's too uncomfortable, because I, I had a feeling of what was coming next, and I highly recommend it, because I think any film that brings out those emotions in you is doing its job. Yeah. So, Ingrid Goes West, I recommend checking it out. Did it have uh, Black Mirror vibes to it? I have not watched Black Mirror. Oh, you haven't? No, okay. so I can't tell you that. Gotcha. All right. So, um, all right, so what do we got, uh, Charlie? What are you watching for this weekend? Yeah, how about that Panthers Bucks game? I mean, I know, I know it's a slop fest. Bad playoff. Uh, you know, one team has to go to the playoffs. Yeah, well, because to me, it's fascinating because if Tampa Bay loses, they're essentially out of this, and that's kind of the end for Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Maybe like it seems like this is mm-hmm. he's not coming back in the off season, and this has been kind of a disaster year for Tampa Bay, especially if they don't make the playoffs. So I'm really fascinated by the ramifications of what that game could, it's a, could It's be. a good point. Honestly, I, don't, I, I think I it's mentioned it. a car crash. I don't want to watch any more Bucks football, though, man. Every time I watch yeah. them, they make me want to go to bed. 
Kendra, what are you watching for this weekend? All right. So for me, I'm encouraging everybody since most people are either on break or on vacation, some things to catch up on. Um, they should ch- check out Southside on HBO. Um, it's based in Chicago. They call it like a workplace comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of a worse workplace comedy, just sort of uh, just madness and chaos. And also His Dark Materials, which is on HBO and HBO Max. So some things people should check out and get caught up on. Sounds awesome. like a plan. I'll check it out. Um, all right. That is What to Watch For. We give it to you every Friday afternoon on Waddle and Sylvie. Melaranaki in for the guys. Up next, we will check in on the Bears and Lions, give you some thoughts on that. And we have a conversation to be had about New Year's Eve plans. What are you doing? Feel free to check in with us. 312-332-3776 on ESPN 1000.